From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here's your host, Eric Wakeling. Okay, welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. My name is Eric Wakeling. And my name is Matt Doan, and I'm feeling very insecure today, Eric, because I'm as a baseball player surrounded by ultra athletes today, and I don't know my place. Ooh, ultra athletes. I kind of like that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just accept that if you're speaking about me, but we're really with uh, the one that's this ultra endurance athlete, I think, uh, who is Greg Clark. Welcome, Greg. How you doing? Hi. Great. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Greg is the, he's a Calvary member, longtime Calvary member. He was part of my life group for a long time. That's why we're buddies. And, um, but he's also the executive director of a nonprofit called Up and Running Again. And Greg, it's just basically what does Up and Running Again do? Yeah. So Up and Running Again, we partner with rescue missions all across the United States to train residents to run half marathons. So we have a half marathon training program that's 13 weeks long, four days a week, and the idea is holistic health through setting a long-term goal and training for a half marathon. Okay, that's amazing, half marathon. So Don, are you in? Uh, what would it take? Okay, we'll get there. We'll get. We'll, we'll yeah. work on that throughout this episode. Yeah, you, know? you could yeah. do it now. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so obviously, half marathon is you know running. You're in this endurance kind of sport thing. Like, how did you first start getting into some of these endurance sports? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually come from. I have some similarities. Mm -hmm. Matt, I actually come from a baseball background. Played baseball in high school. Uh, and yeah, Dodger, Dodger fan. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry about that, but uh, yeah, love my Dodgers. <laughs> but yeah, baseball was was my sport growing up. High school, uh, a little bit in college, and then due to a job change after I got out of school, I couldn't play in uh, pick up basketball games or softball games. So I thought you know, I need to stay in shape and do something. So first I started with cycling, started doing century rides on the bike, started okay. racing bicycles. Century ride means what? Yes, good question. <laughs> <laughs> 100-mile bike ride. Yes. I'll never forget. I did a 100-mile bike ride, swore I'd never get on a bike again, and, <laughs> and here I am still doing this craziness. That's right, that's right. Yeah, and so you got really into cycling, though, right? Like, super into it. Yes, yes, I... I just love the sport of cycling and uh, did a lot of criterium races, which is the most popular type of racing here in the United States versus stage racing or point to point racing in Europe. But criterium is basically um, a point nine circuit, usually circular. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going as fast as they can and trying not to crash and <laughs> trying to win. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and, and the thing that's funny about cycling and criteriums is Europeans have this disdain for criterium racing in uh. the U.S. because it's kind of a crapshoot as to who wins. Uh. So there's no hills, it's all flat, and it's more of there are some tactics and strategy, but sometimes it's who doesn't crash wins the race, so to speak. So, <laughs> right. so Europeans kind of have some disdain for that. But I love cycling and uh, still follow the Tour de France and have been over to France to watch the Tour de France and so I just, I love cycling the sport. Yeah. I think people need to understand. Like, I mean, this is how I've talked to Greg a lot. So I know like he <laughs> went and rode his bike like, after each stage of the tour de France, like kind of following them. Right. Like, and yeah, yes, it was the most, it was the 
most fun I've ever had on a bicycle, but the most exhausting <laughs> as well. Yeah, but absolutely. had a wonderful time. And it's like the Tour de France and, and following the race over there is like a 22-day tailgate party, if you will. Okay, okay, that's 22, cool. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> just everybody's out there, families just enjoying the race, barbecuing, picnicking, uh, riding their bikes on the course, and just amazing experience. So that's that's kind of uh, my cycling. I got into mountain biking, and and again, I I was a ended up being a Cat Three racer, which is not you know nothing special. Um, did race mountain bikes for a while. It's actually, probably don't. It's probably something good, but nothing special to him, is my guess. <laughs> right. Like, I actually don't know what that means. <laughs> But Greg, you've also coached. I know you're speaking of mountain bikes. You've coached the, um, you've coached high school mountain bike teams. You've also coached individuals. Who has been your most difficult person to ever coach in cycling, swimming, running, all, wow. of, all of the above? Is there any name that comes to mind today? Wow, that's uh, that's a good question. I actually with the with the with initials I, E W. No, um, no, sorry, Matt. <laughs> I actually yes. actually that particular athlete is uh, I really enjoy coaching him because he's very numbers oriented, yes. and I I really prefer that because I'm into numbers and into <laughs> things like that. Yeah. So, so Greg is currently coaching Pastor Eric Wakeling. <laughs> that's right. In his quests, yes, 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 he is. So okay, so now. <laughs> You talked about cycling. I don't know. I'm going to move on from that. Yes. But uh, it's uh, we also so this whole thing, though, up and running, it's not up and cycling again. So did you eventually start liking to run? Yes. Yeah, so how I got involved <laughs> with running, actually, it was my father-in-law was turning 70. Whoa. OK. And he wanted to run a half marathon. And he approached me and said, hey, will you train with me to do a half marathon? At the time, I was still racing bicycles. And I was like, dude, I don't do anything like that. I know you're going to be 70. It's like I have no interest in that whatsoever. And he said, oh, come on. You know, I'm going to be running like a 12 or 14-minute mile. And, you know, I'd love to have you do hmm. be on this journey with me. And so I agreed to train with him. And so him and I and my wife, Liz, we did the Surf City Half and he, we all finished together, and he finished a half marathon at 70 years old, which wow. was just amazing. And so through that, because I am a competitive person, I thought to myself, hmm, I wonder if I really trained how fast I could run a half marathon. Yes. <laughs> so I, I'm sick in that <laughs> sort of way. Right. That's a good. That's a good sickness, though. <laughs> at least, at least in this, in my opinion, <laughs> in this fellow sick, ill person, you know. Um, but yeah. So okay. So that's when you started getting into running, and then, but you also got into triathlons and things like that. Yes. Right? So I had had um, ever since watching Ironman in Kona, Ironman World mm -hmm. Championship, many years ago, um, had this dream of becoming an Ironman or doing an Ironman race. And so I actually did my first triathlon in 1992. It was the Carlsbad Tri. I had no clue what I was doing. I wore a scuba wetsuit. I was fine on the bike. I was fine on the run. But I was floundering out there with a scuba wetsuit, and I'll never forget a kayak. With that little open, like, part in the tail? Like, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> exactly. A little floppy little, thing? Yes. 
<laughs> exactly. Oh, yes. And I had a lifeguard on a kayak come over to me and was like, are you okay? He wanted to rescue me. And I was so angry. I just said, get away from me. I'm just slow, <laughs> basically. And, and uh, through that experience, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I could never do an Ironman because I can't do the swim. And not that I'm afraid of water or anything. I've just never done any competitive swimming. So um, flash forward to 2008, many years later, uh, my wife Liz and I went on a honeymoon to Hawaii, and we went to Kona and watched the Ironman World Championship. And there was a guy there that was 78 years old. And he finished the race. And I was just watching that. And I was just so inspired by all these athletes at Kona of all ages, um, some of them that have disabilities. And I just thought, wow, if they can do it, I can do it. I Mm -hmm. just need to figure out what to do. And that began my journey (laughs) in 2008. Um, That's cool. (laughs) And then you completed your first um, triathlon Ironman actually in Arizona. Yes. What year was that? That was in 2010, and it was an amazing experience. And um, just briefly on that, one thing I'll I'll never forget, I was really struggling with, I didn't want, you know, being an Ironman or doing an Ironman, there's kind of some idolatry, I would say, involved with that. And I didn't want it to be all about myself, because it is cool, of course, to say, hey, you're an Ironman, and, and the tattoo and all that, you know, and I'm an Ironman. I wanted to make it bigger, something bigger than myself. So I actually raised money for uh, uh, to build a home for an impoverished family in Mexico through my Ironman journey, and that was just a, a great motivator for mm-hmm. me, and it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. And even to go down there and build the home for this family from the funds I had raised by doing my first Ironman. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool. So tell us, let's let's go away a little bit from the endurance sports. Um, I'm sure we can come back to it for sure. But uh, what, what's when did you come to Calvary Church? Like, kind of what's some of that Calvary origin story? What brought you here? Yeah, so that's the first of all, I did not grow up in the church at all. And, um, you know, my background is, uh, you know, I'm sure other people have had more difficult backgrounds than me. But basically, my mother died of breast cancer when I was very young. Mm-hmm. I had an older brother who was killed in an accident a couple of years after that. And my father turned to alcohol, basically, to numb his pain, understandably. And so I was kind of in this um, um, place. I didn't have a place to stay. I had to be self-sufficient, make my own sandwich, going to school and all of those types of things. And I I see how God used that now, looking back in a lot of good ways where, um, you know, being strong, able to tackle things, not being overcome or being able to cope with things. Um, but, but through that journey, I didn't really have a faith background or know the Lord or, or anything like that. And then now taking that back, uh, I'm an adult now and I'm in the working world. And I had an employee, his name was Gene Hop, who attended church here um, for many years. Hmm. And he would come into my office and he would invite me to church. And I would say, yeah, I'm not really interested. Thanks, but no thanks kind of thing. Mm. And so he kept after me and kept saying, you know, hey, why don't you come to church with me and just check it out? And so one day he came into my office. He said, look, I'll come to your house. I'll pick you up. I'll buy you breakfast. (laughs) I'll take you to church and I'll take you home and I won't bother you again. Wow. So I figured, you know, hey. I get a free breakfast out of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go to church. Okay. I can sit through church service however long that is because <laughs> I had no clue. Um, so I, I did that. I came here and that was uh, David Hawking was here. 
and before the worship center. This is in the early 90s, um, 91, I want to say, 1991. Mm. And um, I don't know what he was preaching on, but something started stirring in me. Mm. And uh, at the same time, I have a cousin who's actually a senior pastor in San Diego, and he had given me a Bible. It was an NIV daily reading Bible, and the only Bible I had ever seen before that was a King James Bible. Mm-hmm. And so I think between those two things, just the sermon, whatever it was, or coming here to Calvary back then, getting this Bible, and I love history, and just started reading it, and the Holy Spirit, I think, was just working on me. Wow. And doesn't mean I had this conversion and started coming every <laughs> Sunday, but... But that was just uh, kind of what ended up leading so, me here. Thank yeah. you, thank you, Gene, for yeah. <laughs> faithfulness Seriously. to care for you as a, a brother, a coworker, and I think it's even an encouragement for all of us that are listening that you know, be bold, reach out to people, even if they say no to begin with, and then always uh, invite them to breakfast as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, food yes. is a good motivator. Yeah, <laughs> so so that's how I ended up here at Calvary, and and. Um, didn't really get plugged in until some years later, but uh, just kept coming and, and learning and and enjoyed, yeah, learning about the Bible, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And I loved, I just loved being, you know, we were able to be in a life group together for a lot of years and just loved being able to get to know you throughout that whole time and just appreciated your your fun and wisdom and, and all that and, and still do. And um, love to see then... Because you started to get involved into some different ministries and things here, like the I think the main one is being part of our lay counseling ministry, being a lay counselor. Like, so what's what's that like? For yes, you? yes. No, thank you for asking. That's been a wonderful experience, and even my journey to that was um, sometime after I started coming to church here. Um, I, I was in a, an equally yoked marriage, I will say, and um, I was starting to come to church more and be more along those lines, being led by the Spirit to be a person of faith. And uh, my wife at the time was not. And um, I went, basically, she left me. That was in uh, 2005. And and that led me to a place where it's like, wow, I need to figure things out. And what's important in life? Is it you know, things, or is it faith? Is it God? And that's where I really reached out to God. And through that journey, not to go all into that, um, you know, Jeff Biddle was uh, starting the lay counseling ministry here. Yeah. And uh, part of my journey story is I realized at that time that the church didn't have a lot of help for people like me who was going through what I was going through. And I wanted to be able to help people in that place. And so that's how I got plugged into the lay counseling ministry. I just love it. Um, I would encourage anyone out there to please get in, you know, if you need help, don't isolate, um, reach out, be open, take that risk of talking to someone. And, um, so there's so many godly men here who have helped me through that process. Mm -hmm. And I did get connected with a couple of people, Dan O'Brien, who people would know, who just reached out to me and just loved on me and prayed Mm -hmm. for me. Um, And also Floyd MacArthur, both those guys are gone now, but uh, Mm. they they made me feel cared for and loved and and wanted to help me. So that's my journey into the counseling. What great men to be discipled by. I remember meeting with you, um, boy, after you become a lay counselor, we had lunch one day together and you had a job transition and kind of you and Liz were began praying, Lord, what would you have us do? And, you know, 
some level going, okay, are we called to overseas mission or what would you have for us? And you kind of just opened your hand to how God would lead you. Can you even remember or describe that time <laughs> or what was it scary kind of thinking through what's next? Yes. Uh, you know, I was fortunately uh, for quite some time, I had a, a job that, you know, and looking towards the future would allow me to do ministry full time. And that's, I really felt after the things I've been through in my life, I really felt called to do that. In fact, many, many times when I was, you know, in a, a hurting place or a hard place, I was just telling God, I want to serve you, God. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know where that is. I don't know what that is, but I really want to serve you. And, and there was a period of time where I thought it would be Mexico um, through YWAM because Liz and I have both spent a lot of time down there. You um, lived down there for a while, right? Yeah, we stayed down there for a while. My family um, had a lot of connections. And yeah. I'm, I'm so used to being in Baja, and it just feels very, very comfortable for me yeah. in many ways. I love the culture. Who doesn't love the food down <laughs> there? Hey, yeah. And, and but what I love is the simple life and people coming together to help one another, and mm. oftentimes out of necessity. But that's something that you don't really see here in Orange County, and that's what was drawing me to that. But, mm. but anyhow, God had other plans for me. Yeah. <laughs> it looks yeah, like for sure. Which Mexico is so amazing. Is on the so table. In that time, you and Liz are praying, God, how would you use now this new opportunity? What should I do for employment? What should I do for ministry? And I think sometimes all of us are guilty of thinking, oh, if we say yes to God's next step in our lives or obedience, it's, he's going to lead us somewhere we don't want to go. And yet... How cool. We just talked about how you loved cycling. You got into running, triathlons, Ironmans, and now God lines you up with a ministry doing something like that. I mean, it's just so cool how God uses our passions and then our calling. Yeah, it, it's really amazing. I'm, I'm so thankful because I still do really have a heart for Mexico. And honestly, um, I was approached by uh, Steve Tierney, the founder of Up and Running Again, and as our ministry is expanding, he asked me, he said, hey, I would like you to come on board and work for us. You know, I need your help and you have all the qualifications that we're looking for. Mm. And um, but I still had this yearning for Mexico. And and I'm so thankful for my wife because my wife had mentioned to me, you know, she said, you know, we don't know if Paul went to Spain or not. You know, it's you know, she said, if God wants us. To go to Mexico, be like Paul with Spain, you know, he'll, God will make it happen. We're going to go to Mexico if that's what he wants. And wow. if it's not what he wants, you know, we'll be here. And then what a great biblical answer. <laughs> <I know. laughs> like, I didn't think of that one. <laughs> that's amazing. That's great. So yeah, well, how could I argue with that? Yeah. And, and, but I would say now just so many things with up and running again, I could tell you guys so many stories. I'm so thankful for what I get to do. And then it aligns with some of my passions that I love and, um, helping these hurting and lost people through endurance sports, specifically running is just yeah. awesome. So, okay. Let's, let's tell people exactly what it is. Cause you've got people who are in a rescue mission, right? And now it's more in like a, in a residential program at a rescue mission, right? Yes. In fact, that's a great that you bring that up, Eric, because I, I visited so many rescue missions now across the country. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I'm used to using that term. And I have many people ask me, what is a rescue mission? Right. You know, so we're looking to partner with a program. A rescue mission is generally not a shelter or an emergency shelter. Right. At a rescue mission, people are in a long-term program 
um, to overcome addiction, to get job skills training, just to get healing. Maybe it's therapy as well. So a rescue mission is generally a long-term program which, which aligns well with up and running again because mm-hmm. we have this 13-week training program and we need to have an audience that's going to be in program and also sober right, and uh, right. able to do this. And so and you're, you said how many uh, rescue missions are you involved with again around the country? Yes. Yeah, so we currently have 10 programs, 10 programs that's right. and mostly along the West Coast. But uh, we just started new programs, one in Sioux Falls, South Dakota this year. And yeah. we have a program. I was on the phone with them this morning in Raleigh, North Carolina, yeah. which is the furthest east. And I was just talking with someone in Orlando, Florida um, last week that they're interested in starting our program there. So nice. it's amazing. Well, we want to help do whatever it is that we can. I know I'm like, I'm working on it, <laughs> trying to help get another program yes. started. Appreciate that. Trying to fundraise. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, but... Um, like so, okay. So these people are in this program, and I think like just because to help people understand, let's just sort of like talk about OC Rescue Mission right now, right? Like it's their Village of Hope program. Yes. It's like a two year, I think, or something. Yes, like that. yes. Most of the programs, mission programs, are twelve to twenty four months. Okay. Long and and OC Rescue Mission, yes, has a t- up to twenty four month program. Okay, so then you go in and you sort of pitch this. How does this work to the people, like to the or to the residents? You know, like of, you, hey, we have this thing. You're you going to run a marathon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, it's interesting because I was just at just uh, last week, a week ago today, actually, I was down at the San Diego Rescue Missions getting a new team together down there. And, nice. and um, I usually go to the devotional and speak to all the men and women at the devotional. And um, I usually one of the things I say, and I, and I truly believe this, I say, this may be the stupidest thing you've ever heard of. <laughs> and you maybe think this is a joke because you see this skinny guy here yeah. <laughs> telling you, you you can run a half marathon. But I, but I approach them and tell them about, you know, pray about this and, and know that there's spiritual warfare going on in this world. Mm. And if you're hearing that or someone's saying, you know, this is stupid or why should I even try doing that? You know, I challenge them to pray about it or ask, is that from God or is that from the enemy? Mm-hmm. Because there's something more for you, you know, for these, these individuals out there that God wants for them. And most of them have been medicating themselves, are not used to any setting any type of goal or disciplining themselves to set a goal that they didn't think they can achieve. Mm-hmm. And just through doing our program, um, you know, a whole new world can be unlocked for them, honestly. Yeah. Okay. So a resident hears uh, the appeal, says, okay, I'm going to sign up. Walk us through, like, what are the first steps? And I think for those of us that maybe are intimidated by running, what would be some first steps that you would encourage to just get started in this huge goal of running 13 miles, 26 miles? Right. Because if these folks can go from homelessness and drug addiction to a half marathon. Yes. So can you, Matt. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, wow, this and thank you, Eric, because I was going to right work on that a little <laughs> bit, too. getting really I was, hot. Because <laughs> I, I was going to say, you know, part of my presentation, and um, Matt, I'm looking at you. Um, we had a, a gentleman, his name was Jerry. He was at the Long Beach Rescue Mission. Jerry was 375 pounds. Jerry had never done a half marathon he had been an addict. Um, he did our program, and basically our program starts out, uh, Jeff Galloway started this methodology of training, off-the-couch type of training in the 80s. 
Um, Google him if you want. He has a lot of stuff out there. But basically, it's jog five, walk five for 30 minutes. That's our first week, four times a week. Week two, jog 10, walk five. 10 steps? Minutes. 10 minutes. Yes, thank you. Yeah, not 10 miles, not 10 steps. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, jog 10 minutes, walk five minutes Mm -hmm. twice, and keep growing that, keep expanding that until you get up to miles. And um, this this guy, Jerry, from the Long Beach Rescue Mission, I'll never forget, hmm. um, he was, and I know he was 375 pounds because he told me that's how much he weighed. He's from Bakersfield originally, and we were doing a race in Riverside, and uh, his family came from Bakersfield, made these signs. Mm-hmm. And so often with these residents and our runners, you know, it's, it's another fringe benefit of what we do is the reunification of families, our friendships, wow. our mending broken relationships. So, cool. yeah. so, so what happens is friends or family are like, Jerry or Jane is doing a half marathon? They've been using meth for like three years. <laughs> yeah, I got to yeah. see this to believe it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so it's not even maybe they want to be reunited. It's right. just I got to see this because yeah. I'm not believing it. Right, kind right. of thing. And same with this Jerry. His family came. They made mm. signs. And Jerry wasn't the last one. We did the mission in half in Riverside. He wasn't the last one to finish. He was probably fourth from last. But it was really cool because the the event people were taking down the finish line, actually mm. deflating the big inflatable finish mm-hmm. line. Oh. And so all of our team, other runners were there and volunteers. And so I ran over and told the guy, I said, hey, this is what our program is all about. Mm-hmm. We have this guy out there. And, and oh. so they reinflated the finish <gasps> no line. No way. And oh. Jerry had, had an entourage, mm-hmm. like the last mile and a half of the race. And everybody was just cheering him on and he finished it. And I have this picture that I, that I show in my presentation at all the rescue missions. I'm like, if Jerry can do this, you can Amen. do it. Mm. You know, there isn't anybody who can't do this. And, and even back to whatever myself or an iron man, anybody, you know, it's not our strength. It's his strength. Right. And that's even one of my mantras mm. to get into mantras, not my strength, your strength. That's one of my mantras I personally use and and repeat over and over again. Not my strength, your strength. You can accomplish anything. Yep. Yep, absolutely. That's cool. Wow. So, okay, so like what, um, so so then you've got these people, they're doing this for 13 weeks and they they accomplish this thing. Now, um, you've talked a little bit, you mentioned to me just a little bit of how, what kind of sort of fruit we see then from that what kind of uh you know benefits are we seeing because like along the way this is just what i love is like kind of why i think i just instantly sort of gravitated towards how i think this nonprofit, this ministry is so great is it just makes sense at this logical level right like someone who has struggled with addiction or homelessness and and these are different like issues other mental health issues like this can just help to bring about uh, discipline Goal set goal setting and then goal achievement right like yes, all the yes. while also getting physically healthy and you know coming out like because probably like those aren't physically healthy settings for people right yes. and so then coming mm-hmm. out physically healthy and having the spiritual input that you guys bring along along the way too it's just like man to like have that fe- it feels like it just makes sense that you would finish that and then just think. I can take on whatever now life is going to bring me, you know? Yes, totally. In fact, I tell our runners, you know, when they're going out to job search at some phase of their program, they're looking for a job. And and we let them know 
not many people in the world have finished a half marathon, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Very few have. And I say, go in your job interview and, and mention that as one of your things. You know, when they ask anything else you'd like to add, well, I finished mm. a half marathon this year. <laughs> and I've had some of our runners come back and say, yeah, the interviewer is like, what? You did a half marathon? And, and awesome. oftentimes they know their background or where they're coming from. And they're just amazed that they could finish a half marathon. But but uh, even more so than that, just as you were talking, Eric, um, yeah. I was just, in, and I've heard this many times, I was just, as I mentioned, down in San Diego, and um, a number of our female runners just come from these very difficult backgrounds. And I was just down in San Diego, and this woman was sharing with me how she came from a, a very toxic domestic violence type of environment mm-hmm. and asked me to pray for her. And, and she was saying how running would be such a great outlet for her. And she had so much fear, first of all, of leaving this relationship and coming to the mission. That's why she's at the San Diego Rescue Mission. But also just being beat down both mentally and physically for such a long period of time that she needs hope in something, Mm -hmm. hope in something more and, and, and realizing who she is and what she's capable of other than who someone's saying she is. And I've seen this time and time again where with our female runners, um, they just have this new sense of hope, accomplishment. Yeah. Wow, I am something more right. than what someone else is telling me wow. yeah. in an abusive relationship. And then you take the, the component of the Holy Spirit and God just being in, involved in that, and it takes their life in a completely new direction. Mm. But uh, I, I just wanted to mention that specifically. Yeah, There's so many that. stories about runners I could tell yeah, you. Know, I'm but. sure. Well, yeah, so many stories. Over, I think, 900 now have gone through the Up and Running program. It's probably even more since I've even looked at that number. Yes, uh, yes. So so in that, we started 10 years ago, just to go back to that a little bit, started 10 years ago at the Orange County Rescue Mission. We had 13 runners on that original team almost 10 years ago, 2009. Um, 2010 will be our first 10-year uh, anniversary. Um, they did the um, Orange County Half Marathon, 13 runners, and just through uh, Association of Gospel Rescue Missions and that connection there, we've expanded. Other people found out about our program, but uh, and and it's just grown and taken off. But I, I did want to speak, Eric, to the point. Yeah. Um, you're asking me about how we're helping and, and real-world help. And, oh, yeah. And um, when I first got connected with Up and Running again and just being with the runners, interacting with them, and oftentimes, I and I just saw this because I was also up in <laughs> Spokane, Washington. I've been traveling a lot just this last past few weeks. Hmm. But I've seen where our program is not just impacting the runners, it's impacting the volunteers wow. and seeing how their life is being changed and shaped and not all of them are believers or know Jesus but -hmm. they're seeing something happen and something take place and they're viewing these runners who have had these different backgrounds whether it's addiction domestic violence um, sex trafficking whatever it is and they're starting to rearrange their lives and their perspectives the volunteers and so that's just wonderful and, and amazing 
that I get to witness that and that we, were, we can be change agents in that way. But as a more practical thing, I wanted to talk about um, statistically. When I first came on board, I knew we were having an impact on the runners, a positive impact on the runners. That was a given because I witnessed it myself. I'd run with the runners and what it meant for them and how it gave them this new sense of confidence. But I wanted to get more down to numbers or practicality of, okay, how are we really helping you right. know, society? How are we helping the mission? So. I came on board, I, I went to visit the Las Vegas Rescue Mission, was the first of our programs to visit, and I met with the executive staff there, and I just said, hey, you know, I, we want to make sure we're helping you. Are we helping you? Do you like our program? What don't you like about our program? And they told me this. They said, we love up and running again. I said, why is that? And they told me this. If one of our residents from the Las Vegas Rescue Mission does up and running again, their success rate of graduating our recovery program doubles or more. Wow. Wow. And I was taken aback by this. And I said, my next question was, how do you know this? <laughs> and they said, we've been tracking it. Hmm. And this is what we're finding. So they said, we always want up and running again because we see the benefits to our residents. So this got me thinking, oh, I have to ask this question in all of our programs. So the next place I went was San Diego Rescue Mission, where we've had a program there for a few years now, four years, I believe, and um, asked them the same question. And for a period of time, a man who signed up for Up and Running Again at the San Diego Rescue Mission, the graduation rate was 100%. Wow. wow. Now, that is not true today. <laughs> okay, well, sure, that's a huge, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you're but, but, for, to the but for a period of three seasons, yeah. a year and a half, it was 100%. If they signed up for Up and Running Again, they wow. graduated from the program. So it's just in practical terms, are we making an impact that we can measure? Absolutely. Yes, yes yeah. we are. And why? Well, it's because we're giving these residents an opportunity to set a long-term goal to achieve something they never imagined they could possibly achieve. Yeah. And that's why anyone who's out there listening, you can do a half marathon. Yes, <laughs> yes. You can do it. You know, it's, it's what are you willing to give up? You know, are you willing to set a goal and strive towards it? And, and um, get on my soapbox a little bit, but I, I will say that our culture has gone so soft. And when I'm talking to men specifically at rescue missions, yeah, I, I really have a passion for this. You know, culture is telling us to be soft and, and not be men or not step up and do hard things, you yeah. know, and male or female, we should be doing hard things. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more that we can do with our lives if we invite God into that space and just challenge ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. So Don, are you ready? Let's do it. <laughs> and I know that there's people listening too that are, they're, they're hearing you talk and going, okay, Greg, how do I get involved? Like, do you need shoes? Do you need sponsorships? Like how to even, I mean, it's expensive to sign up for a race to get running shoes. So how do some of those logistics happen? Yes. Yes. So, you know, we are a very small <laughs> organization, the very small budget, but I feel like, you know, we have accomplished a lot and are accomplishing a lot. Um, we have, you know, real needs, you know, our big expenses are the race entry fee, as you mentioned, Matt, and shoes. So part of what we provide for the runners when they reach certain milestones in the trainings, we buy them brand new running shoes and we pay for the race entry. And, and I didn't mention we also have a, 
awards banquet the night before the race, which is super cool. We ask them to invite families, invite friends to this awards banquet because we've accomplished this goal and they're going to do the race the next day. So practical help is um, we always need shoe donors, you know, or somebody to say, hey, I want to sponsor a runner and buy them a brand new pair of shoes would be awesome or cover their race entry fee. That's a real practical thing. The banquet, locally here, we have three programs that we have a banquet. It's upcoming in October, actually. So this is great timing. Not sure when this will air, but <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but I did want to say we have a banquets locally and continue to do so. You know, providing the food. We had a Bible study group one time, just go to Costco, and we just have a pasta dinner, you know, a pasta, meat sauce. Carb load. Carb load, you know, with a salad and bread. It's not expensive, you know, sponsor the dinner or prepare the dinner right. or come and serve the dinner or come and help set up the banquet space, you know, make it attractive for the runners and their guests. So so those are ways that are real practical. We also need... Um, Coaches, right? Yeah. Volunteers to come run with the runners. Um, water station help locally. Um, when we do the longer runs, the seven, eight, nine, ten, the longest run is 11 in training. We need water station help. And um, that's a real practical thing you can do. And, and maybe the, one other thing I want, because this is really something I want to accomplish, is like I would love somebody who would donate time to do some videography hmm. and some editing for us. I'd like to do a refresh of some of our things. I just had an, a, a woman... And again, San Diego Rescue Mission, keep mentioning them, but there's a woman down there who just has an amazing story. She runs with her Bible every time she runs. Holding her Bible. She has it in the backpack. Uh She will not let go of her Bible. She did every single training run with her Bible. She did the half marathon with her Bible. (laughs) She busted it out after the race, and she she said, "I I was meditating on the scripture and uh, after the race was reading her Bible. Wow. And I got a chance to know her. Um, wow. and, and, and she had this background that she shared with me that started with um, basically uh, sexual abuse as a child. She ended up getting into drugs, prostitution, and now she has this new hope on life, and it's just so cool. And mm-hmm. she's running with her Bible everywhere. That's amazing. How amazing is that? I know. I try to minimize everything I have to carry. I, was I say, love it. I, this is a new goal for Pastor Eric Wakeland yeah. to run with your Bible. I did see in Israel they do have the entire Bible on a microchip. So I'm probably going to just carry that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's an incredible story. And and they can find all this. like So upandrunningagain.org. Yes, upandrunningagain.org. Um, there's links on the top. I can see there's links on the top with like get involved. If that's what they want to volunteer, donate if they want to give. Yes. Um, go to our website. We have a big social media presence and we're always doing things on social media. I would say, you know, multiple times a day, if not for sure every day. Um, you can connect with us on Facebook, message us there. Mm -hmm. There's a great way. We're on Instagram. Um, I would really recommend going to the Facebook page There's some really cool, videos of some of our runners that are just shot cool. um, right after the race. So so go check that out. And yeah, we could use your help. Um, one last thing. No, keep if going. I, you're good. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I just want to say, because this is really on my mind and uh, talking with some of our board members about this and something I'm very passionate about is prayer. So we've been talking about 
putting together prayer teams for our up and running again mm. runners. And that is so needed, not just for them to finish the training and finish the race and all of that. If you know the backstory of all of these runners, and if, if you know, I say this, you know, how I view these individuals has been completely changed. Yeah. Yeah. For myself. And, and when I run across somebody, I'm just thinking, wow, what is their story? Because mm-hmm. getting to know so many of our runners, they have this backstory. You know, a guy, Jesus, who was a, a gang member in Santa Ana, incarcerated many times. His journey also started with abuse. His mother died when he was 14 years old. His father beat him and had him take his place of his mother, basically, to feed and take care of his siblings. And so things like that. Yeah. Um, they need prayer. These guys need prayer, guys and gals. Yeah. So we really want to form a reach. If you really have a strong interest in this, reach out to us because we really want to form a prayer team to be praying for our runners individually across the country, praying for their wounds of the past, praying for their future, praying for their running, mm-hmm. and just that God would transform their lives. So that's I really want to get that going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, really proud of you, Greg, and how God's using you um, in this space to bring his name, fame. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And so I I love, there's so many levels of this whole story of everything we talked about that are so great. Like it's a great ministry, a great nonprofit doing awesome work. And also just this whole story uh, of you and your life and how people can serve like it's a way of finding your your passion your giftedness your experience and saying how can i use that for the kingdom like this is i think such a great story for that great example yeah yeah yeah. i I would just say you know it's interesting i remember steve tierney our founder um i went to a volunteer meeting the way before i was working for up and running again and um he said this he said our best volunteers are non-runners. Huh. And, and I, I felt like he was speaking to me, even though I was a runner and triathlete and all of that, because what he was saying essentially is, you know, we all need to make sacrifices to help one another. Uh-huh. And we need to kind of put our own egos, our own goals in check at times. Doesn't mean we always need to to just help and serve others. Yeah. And so whether you're a runner or not out there, we could use you <laughs> to help in right. some way. Because you're, you're, yeah, the superstar runners are you're going to be wanting to run faster probably than those folks are running. And so it's like, hey, anybody can go out and just and walk and jog five minutes on, five minutes off. I mean, come on. That's great. Yes. <laughs> if, in fact, yeah. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> no, this, okay. This makes me, you know, this, oh, this one, one thing. So... We've had volunteers and who have never run a half marathon before. And I tell them about up and running again. They're not runners. And I say, why don't you just come out? But they have a bucket list of doing a half marathon. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, maybe I'm speaking to you on this. But, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> you know, just come out and do the training with our runners. Yeah. And you can run the race with them. And, and pretty soon it won't even be about you and your bucket list. It'll be about 
wow, God using that yeah. time with these runners to reshape your thinking. Wow, yeah. that's great. That's awesome. I think that's great. And I think that's just a great sort of picture into how any of us can get involved, either whether it's in this or some other area that we have like a passion and, and a gifting and experience and all of that mm-hmm. for. And so thank you so much, Greg, for your example and for also just this amazing ministry. And I can't wait to see what God continues to do with you. Yes, thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for joining us on the Calvary Life Podcast. If you enjoyed our show this week, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you want to learn more about Calvary Church or share any of your thoughts, check us out on our website at calvarylife.org or find us on one of our social media accounts. We're on Instagram at Calvary underscore church, Facebook at Calvary Church of Santa Ana, and Twitter at Calvary Life.